0: Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast. Welcome, Hados. It's Rowie and Hados for a Wednesday afternoon. We're going to do something we haven't done before. It's a new Premier League edition. It's the review of the Premier League.
1: Very interesting segue there, Paulie. Thank you. Um, Yeah, there's a bit of review as well. Uh, What's on your mind?
0: Wolves. Wolves and Brighton. They have burned me and burned me badly. And I don't like it. Um, It's a review because, well, there's not much Premier League going on after this. It's uh, FA Cup weekend this weekend. And there's also Champions League midweek. But I thought rather than wait until next week to do a preview review, oh, sorry, review into a preview, let's just do a review right now. While I've got it on my mind, while I want to get things off my chest.
1: Flip it on its head. All right, let's get into it then.
0: All right, so it started off on Saturday night, and I haven't got this written down. As you know, if many of you know me, i do a run sheet. I haven't really got this written down in any order, but I remember that Fulham played Man United at Craven Cottage. Fulham were brilliant for a minute. Their first minute was outstanding. They almost scored, and from that moment on, it was all Man United, and they won 3-0. It was clinical. And uh, Pogba put two in the net. He did. He did indeed. If you had him as an anytime scorer, kudos to you, because he is an absolute gun. Yeah, and uh, once again,
1: this is just putting more... Knife wounds in the back of Mourinho because look at the player that he put on the on the bench and just sheltered
0: his ability. Twenty five points from nine games that is outstanding, uh, and only a uh, one of those was a draw. Although, having said that, be careful what you wish for because this morning they came up against some quality opposition in Paris Saint Germain and at home managed one shot on target and got beaten 2-0 with Pogba being sent off. Now they've got to go to Paris without Pogba. That is a tough ask. In between that, they've got Liverpool at Old Trafford, and not long after that, they've got Man City. Yep, so this is where the the acid test
1: comes for Solskjaer. He's had it easy, to be fair, but they have been very good, as you said. Um, but even today against PSG, who were without Neymar and without Cavani? Correct. So... Yeah, that, that's a disappointing uh, result for United fans and maybe a good result for non-United fans.
0: Definitely a good result for non-United fans yeah. because it just started to become unbearable.
1: Yeah, they're, they're chirpy again.
0: Yeah, they're chirpy, I'm all not right. Not. No. Just, just a couple of months under Show, and they're all chirpy. They've forgotten who, Jose, Jose who, what? Um, then it went into your regular Saturday night, Sunday morning games. Liverpool really cruised against Bournemouth, and I did allude to that, that it was probably going to be a 2-0, 3-0 win, which it did. It was wrapped up inside sort of 50 minutes. Um, Nice first goal by Mane, suggestion offside by Milner again, but, you know, we'll just roll with it. Wijnaldum, a beautiful lob over the keeper, and he had a bit of a tummy upset as well, so that was a fantastic performance by Wijnaldum. And I did allude to him, Liverpool are a different side when Wijnaldum's in the midfield. He just gives a die... Oh, Dianism, Di- we'll call him dynamic. I don't know really how to pronounce that word. I do struggle with that. <laughs> Dianism, I don't know. We'll go with that. I don't, um, I don't think that's a word. And then Mohamed Salah finished it off through a cheeky. Most strikers would have just taken the shot on it, on themselves. But for Roberto Firmino, cheeky back heel to Salah, three goals. They cruised. Um, Arsenal Huddersfield, 2-1. Arsenal made it look harder than what it was they really had Huddersfield at bay Huddersfield came at them in the second half and Julie were rewarded with a goal but albeit it it was in the 92nd 93rd minute so it was all said and done
1: they did it without a Bamiyang too so that's uh, and away from home it's not always easy so Mm. yeah I think he had a bit of a
0: (coughs) yeah a bit of an illness I think was uh how that was uh described um Watford, so Marco Silva and Richarlison went back to Vicarage Road and came our way empty-handed as Watford got a 1-0 victory against Everton. Not the highest standard of games you'd watch, I wouldn't think. Um, Crystal Palace and West Ham, wow. Now, I thought you couldn't get a worse miss than Andy Carroll for the season until I saw James McArthur, and boy, did he cost Crystal Palace two points. Uh,
1: yeah, I'd miss
0: that. I uh,
1: might have to look at it. I
0: early. think you need to watch off the sport because I, I said this with another mate of ours. He rivals Andy Carroll for miss of the season. I don't know how you miss from there, but somehow he contrived to miss the goal when the goal was there. Okay. It was harder not to score, and he found a way. So that was a one-all draw, which probably on reflection of play is probably about right. Cardiff. Now, this was a game. Wow. If you want a game that's got action in the last five minutes of it, just watch this one. So, Cardiff scored first late on, I think, in about the 75th minute. Southampton get an equaliser. Ford Prowse took the corner. Unfortunately, he didn't get the assist because it was knocked on by someone else. Jack Stevens scores the equaliser. St. Mary's goes nuts. 1-0. Setting it up for you. Jack Stevens. Just towards the edge of the touchline, about halfway between Hutter, um, Cardiff and Southampton, but near the halfway line, passes it, misses his intended target. Cardiff run away with it. Goal! Goal! mouse scramble. Cardiff score two one. Q. Seems like I haven't seen before from an away set of fans. The Emiliano. Um, Salah tributes that were coming out, the emotion. Look, credit to Cardiff. It was a brilliant win. But if you want to go from hero to zero quite quickly, your name's Jack Stevens.
1: Well, mate, you uh, painted the picture very well there. I feel like I was almost at the game. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Cardiff. They do continue to ride that wave of emotion uh, from the Salah tragedy. And... I reckon that they've they've been a little bit underrated f- throughout the whole year. They've they've represented themselves pretty well, and you know they managed to get these wins. Uh, you know that a lot of people just don't really give them much of a chance.
0: Yeah, and look at home as I've said all season. At home, they they're very very strong. This was away from home. They'd score the fewest goals out of any away side in the Premier League, as I um, said in my podcast uh, without you, unfortunately, on Saturday that Cardiff probably weren't going to get anything out of it. And then they've proven me completely, horribly wrong. Another side which decided to prove me horribly wrong. And I'm very, very annoyed with them because I think now they are in a relegation fight and a fight for their lives because they are slipping horribly. And that's Brighton. They lost 3-1 at home to Burnley. And Burnley aren't renowned for their striking attributes. And Burnley tore them a new one thanks to Kiwi Brew in Chris Wood. Yep, and uh, Barnes, Welsh bro.
1: So uh, those two are actually pretty formidable. They didn't show that in the early stage of the season, but Burnley have really started to turn the corner and uh, showed that form from last season. And those players are actually finishing off goals now when you know they weren't getting near it at the start of the year. So uh, they've solidified and are going to push their way to the the, the higher rungs of the EPL the ladder.
0: Now, Brighton have got... A few games to turn it around because I tell you, their into the season is going to be horrible because their they're run of fixtures right now is really, really good, but it's not going to last forever as we've seen with Brighton before. Matty Ryan looked a little bit off. I wonder if that's just a Asian Cup hangover, but we'll see. They're, they just look like they're not clicking Brighton, and I don't know what it is, but if they don't fix it soon... Cardiff and the, the likes of Cardiff and Southampton will overtake them because there's only three points between, I think I had them in 15th and 18th. There's a few log jammed sides there. So then takes us to the Sunday games. And. Hang on, hang on.
1: You've, you've uh, glossed over Tottenham there.
0: No no, 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 no. Tottenham was the Sunday, Monday games. So they were the very start. So that's where I'm getting to now. Calm down. I'm just about to anoint your Spurs. I know I've got it all over the place. I know my run sheets all over the place. It was done in haste. Tottenham hang on to victory against a plucky Leicester is what I've got written down. Three one. Now I was very disappointed when I saw the lineup because my mate Tobes uh, was missing, and I'm very disappointed. But then Davison Sanchez comes in, and who scored the first goal? Davison Sanchez. So therefore, Tobe, sorry, mate, you're blackmarked by Potch and now I have to do another trade. That's no, a story for another podcast. Um, you'll, probably, you'll probably return to the, to the starting lineup next game too, I reckon. Yeah, no, well, it's too late. <laughs> Potch has ruined me like Pep's ruined me. Um, so they hang on to victory and Son scored the critical third goal. Vardy, despite not starting, scored the first goal and also missed a penalty. Or, should I say, the penalty was saved by World Cup winning goalkeeper Hugo Lloris. And uh, interestingly, they
1: got the foul in the box, they awarded the penalty, it was dubious, and they subbed immediately in show, I think, and they said, Vardy, come on mate, score this uh, penalty, get us back in the game. First kick all day, straight at Lloris.
0: Yeah, see, I don't get that. As good as a penalty Vardy's taken, he's had no practice, and he's just going straight into a penalty. Yeah, not sure about that one. It was the first thing he did all day. They just subbed him on straight to the penalty box, and uh, he didn't put it home. Is that? Well, I was going to say, is that legal? Is it ethical? I, I'm, I'm guessing it's... Uh, well, it, it's legal. It's legal but not ethical. So, on the morals of football, it goes against the grain. So... Leicester got what they deserved, is what you're telling me. So it sucked in, 3-1 loss. Yeah. Cop it. Um, but having said that, Leicester's draw from here on in from Game Week 27. Oh, wow. It yeah. is impressive.
1: Leicester were good too. They asked a lot of tough questions of uh, the Spurs' defense, and they had a lot of shots and a lot of opportunities
0: to actually probably pull it back earlier than um, what it could have been. Yeah, but that's what I'm getting from Leicester. Like, against the top six sides, you look at it. They went to Anfield and, and Drew. Not many sides have done that. They've beaten Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, although that seems to be looking like it might be an easier job than what it once was. They've beaten um, Man City, no less, at home. So they've got pedigree against the top six. They ran Man United close and should have got a draw with Man United. Man United were lucky in that game, less didn't take the chances. So they've got a really good record. I can't remember what they did against Arsenal, but I'm sure it was good.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, they uh, they definitely hold their own against those uh, top six teams, but uh, for whatever reason, they seem to falter against uh, those below that.
0: Yeah, speaking of um, sides that are faltering massively, badly, to a horrible state, I, I know you're playing Man City, and I know you're playing them at the Etihad. I get that. But to lose 6-0 when you're a top six side is unacceptable, Chelsea. Un acceptable.
1: Yeah, that was a demolition, and City, unbelievable, and they did it with a new dynamic, because all of a sudden, Leroy Sane has fallen out of favour, and he's been one of their best players all
0: year. Now, I need to go back and watch the Newcastle game, because it's since they lost to Newcastle, so he's obviously done something against either team rules... Or he's done something in that game that Pep didn't like. Because since that game, he has not been cited. Barely. I think he played 55 minutes against Everton.
1: Yeah, it's puzzling because uh, he'd be up there for uh, most go- goals scored for them and assists. And uh, he's always been lively. So, yeah, maybe something's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about.
0: Yeah, there has been talk of ill-discipline before with Sane, and he does get a bit. He's a bit young, so he's a bit raw. We forget that, so perhaps this is Pep pulling him into line. Just strange that it's without Benjamin Mendy, because usually that's the catalyst for Sane having a rest.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's strange. I, I really can't put my finger on it because, yeah, he's been sensational this year. Although it
0: has been the there was the return on this uh, mid. Monday morning match of Zinchenko. Yeah, and uh, he added a bit, didn't he? He did. He was a bit dynamic. Um, So, yeah... Man City travelling very well, showing why they are the title favourites. And yes, I've said title favourites. And yes, if you go back to our first podcast for the Premier League season, I predicted Man City as the title winners, despite my Liverpool allegiance. Are you
1: trying to uh, just ease the pressure off Liverpool a bit there, I feel?
0: Ah, so you're going to join the uh, title mind games, are we? <laughs> no, I just feel that Man City have the better squad. And they're showing it. Liverpool struggle a bit with the depth, especially at the defensive end, which we've seen. Now, granted, that's meant to ease a little bit, but then there was word that Lovren was injured, but then Lovren's not my favourite player anyway, so that's probably a blessing in disguise. But Trent Alexander-Arnold made a return on Saturday, so that solves a bit of the right-back conundrum, if you will. Robertson's been solid left-back, Van Dijk at centre-back, and then Matip at centre-back solves a bit. But there is a problem for the Bayern Munich game next week because there's no Van Dijk, there's no... Uh, I think TAA's ruled out as well of that, I think through suspension with Van Dijk. Uh, so they have to play either Fabinho or Milner, Milner and then they're going to have to play Mateep. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, I was reading it wrong. So with Lovren being out, it means they would have to play, and with Van Dyke being suspended, they would have to play Fabinho possibly at centre-back with Trent Alexander-Arnold at right-back. So, Vigneault would have to play centre-back, which I don't mind. He's probably better than Lovren. Yeah, okay. But that's what I'm saying. The depth of Liverpool isn't as strong as what it is at Man City. Um, Then it comes to my other pet hate of the weekend, and I really, really hate it. I talk them up like you wouldn't believe. I adored them. I treated them like they were my own in Liverpool. And they burned me, once again, like they did as they burned me at Huddersfield. What is it with Wolves and these bloody lower sides? They just, oh, it's Newcastle at home. Yeah, we should win this. We'll go through the motions. Oh, crap, we're 1-0 down. Oh, shit, we got a late equaliser, even though it was lucky.
1: Yeah, you know, I was listening to the podcast, and as soon as you mentioned Wolves and you were giving them as your lock, you were bullish on them, you said nothing but good things, I thought, here we go. Newcastle, they're gonna they're gonna get a draw here or maybe even steal a win and uh one of those things happened. You cringed,
0: didn't you? When I, when I was talking about it, you were like, Oh yeah. Rowie, what have you done? Why have you gone so hard on them? And I was so enamoured with them over the last couple of weeks, how they've performed, how well they've played, and then they produced that tripe against Newcastle.
1: Yeah, but uh Newcastle They hold their own. Their defence is pretty good. For a team that is one point out of the relegation zone, their goal difference is pretty uh, phenomenal. It's only minus 12 when teams around them at that mark are pushing the 20s, 30s, 40s even.
0: And that is down to Benitez and his defensive aspect of his management, which I think is the reason why they will stay up. Now, just a few questions. Brighton are now in the relegation fight. We're both agreeing on that, surely.
1: Mm, not so much. I reckon Brighton are still solid. And as you said, they've still got a decent run of fixtures. So if they don't win any points, then yes. But I still like them. And you know maybe it's just a, a one-off bad game
0: at home. You're thinking a couple of bad games. They've only got a point in the last probably month. And they're, re- they're, in, they're only three points above the relegation zone. And it's only because their goal difference is so good, which is now starting to turn the other way. So I'm not as bullish on them as what I was. And probably because of this last match against Burnley, where I feel they should have won that, probably not in the same corner. Chelsea are at serious risk of not making the top four and Sarri's at serious risk of being sacked, given his uh, at-odds comments with a Roman Abramovich. True or false?
1: True. And uh, a 6 0 drubbing is only going to add fuel to that fire. Um, yeah, still, it would be pretty harsh to get rid of them after only one season. And they did have some good signs at the uh, start of the season. But um, yeah, you can't be putting in performances like that. And if you start a war of words with the owner, you're asking for trouble.
0: I've seen it since 2005. You don't win wars with Roman Abramovich. As soon as you go to war with him, you can kiss your Chelsea career goodbye, no matter who you are, Jose. I'm thinking of you. Um, Now, let's not forget that Mauricio Sarri actually has the Premier League record now for being the foreign manager with the most Premier League... uh, unbeaten in the most Premier League games in a start to a managerial career. So... That just goes from what I was referring to Jack Stevens in the Southampton game. He wrote a zero, and the Chelsea fans are already turning. I could, I've, the social media is just wow. After the game against Man City, it was uh, vitriol. It was nasty. It was vile. Yeah, well, it's it's
1: a a team of supporters who aren't used to putting in performances like that. I think you know and. Yeah, it's really disappointing for them. Six-nil drubbing, I mean, against City, so yeah, it doesn't get much worse. Mm.
0: So Wolves and Southampton were disappointing, as we said, especially both sides playing at home. Man United were impressive uh were impressive, although we'll see what they're made of in the coming weeks. Liverpool and Tottenham keep themselves in the race with Man City, which we saw. Both did it impressively in different ways. Now Man City, are they one of the greatest Premier League sides since the inception in 1991? Considering my Premier League knowledge from 1991
1: to probably about 2013 is below average, I think you're going to have to answer that question, but my guess would be yes.
0: Okay. What if I asked you... So, I'll get to that. I'll come back to that. What if I ask you, is Aguero underrated still? Granted, he just joined Alan Shearer as the most Premier League hat-tricks in his career, 11. Potentially, back-to-back hat-tricks.
1: You know, maybe it's a case of once he retires or his career comes to the end, maybe the accolades start to to roll in for him because, um, yeah, maybe also a victim of circumstance that the likes of Harry Kane and Salah and all these other players are doing good things around him at the same time.
0: Perhaps. Yeah, yeah I, I think he is underrated compared to previous strikers. His record stacks up and is actually probably better than them. Are they one of the greatest Premier League sides in terms of depth? Yes, they are. The way it's been assembled? Yes, it is. In terms of their first 11, I'd love to see them go up against an Arsenal o three o four 3 4 or a Man United 98-99 and see where they stack up there. Even a Man United 94... Not 94-95, that was Blackburn. But even a Man United 93-94 side... It's, uh, But in terms of squad depth, in terms of uh, just all-round positioning, the quality they have, it has to be, which would make it if, and that's a big if, if Liverpool win it, one of the greatest title wins of all time. Yes, yeah, so I'm putting it out there, if, but I'm saying big if, because it's a race that... What if Spurs win it? Well, Spurs are still in the race, so it would make their win, if they win it, one of the biggest... Um, title wins in history because it is that tight, it is that fierce that you're going to need a points total well above 90, which most years is going to win you a Premier League title.
1: And their goal difference too. I mean, it's crazy. They're 10, 10 above Liverpool now who've scored, played so well and scored so many goals.
0: Well, you wouldn't think that given it's, you know, you're not going to expect that Man City are going to put six past Chelsea every day. So that's interesting. So we'll wrap it up. It's uh, it's an interesting fight. I just felt we needed to review it. It was an interesting weekend. Wolves burned me, Brighton burned me, but Man United and Liverpool kept their end of the bargain and uh, you know just backed me up a bit. Um, So we'll look forward to our next uh, podcast next week, which will we'll have the fantasy oracle back on deck because he's just uh, there's a little bit of a swagger. Uh, The old Lele hat backwards. I'm in nice form here, hitting back into uh, almost top three territory. The Oracle back in town. Meanwhile, uh, Rowie's uh, side is just sliding down, 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 a bit like Coles and their prices. Yeah, I'm
1: uh, paying the players the most that they've ever afforded. I've got a... A huge wad
0: of cash behind me, and uh, I'm gunning for the top, Paulie. All right. Well, on that note, we'll speak to you next week with a fantasy podcast and a Premier League podcast that can't be missed. See you next week.
1: Till then, boys. And girls.
0: (laughs) Yes, boys and girls. We'll go with that. See you later, guys.